it's nothing personal for me. It's just business. The streets of Baltimore, on the streets of Detroit, during the, the 60s in New York City. Immediately within it, you are going to get those people whose differences are not being articulated, which is right us. So, you expecting any backlash? Oh, I'm already getting it. Oh, yeah. How does that feel? Yo, this is the Exit the Matrix podcast. I am Amin Drew Law, a.k.a. Amin, Amin TMK, um, a.k.a. the Sauce Daddy plus-sized model. I am here with my uh, counterpart, Emoji the Moment Simler. Uh, I am very excited. I, I have to apologize. We do have to apologize. We were missing last week. Yeah, it's my fault, man. I was off being a little slut. Okay. wanted to just <laughs> remind... <laughs> Our listeners, it's good. Sex positivity, man. Sex positivity, very important. And as we move forward, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm just reserved in that capacity. I, for anybody who was like worried, maybe like, oh, did they come get us? We appreciate you worrying about us. I had to touch down. You know, most of y'all know I'm from Arkansas. You know, it's a very complicated relationship, and so sometimes I gotta touch down. And touch people. Sex positivity, you know, learning and re- and returning into communities <laughs> where you've cultivated important relationships. <laughs> we yo, have so many yo, important things to talk about. I know. I, I feel so bad because the world does not keep turn because does not stop turning, bro. And it's so much to get. Shall we? Shall we? Yeah, let's just jump in. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. That there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind. Yeah, so we all know about the tensions that's popping off between Iran and Saudi Arabia. It's important to always remember to contextualize that shit through what's happening with the lens of the Yemen conflict. Essentially, Yemen is a country in the Middle East that's having a civil war. And on one side, you have the Sunnis, which are literally being led by people like ISIS and Al-Qaeda, fighting against... The uh, Shia, who are led by a group called the uh, the Houthis, right? The Houthis are the ones that claim to have attacked the Saudi Arabians a couple of weeks ago, uh, hit the, the, the oil plant that brought their production down to 50%, affected the world's oil output by 5%. That's incredible. Incredible number. Incredible. So they're claiming to have had another conflict with the Saudi troops and to totally have routed a regiment – Right. Um, and captured 500 Saudi troops. This is a rebel organization. A ragtag group of motherfuckers. Bro. That captured 500. And you said. Right. Now, 500 Saudi troops. People That's are what disputing being, these numbers. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, but they can't dispute that they got somebody. And something happened. You know what I'm saying? Something somewhere. Like, there's nowhere you would... Cl- I mean, I guess you could just lie, but it'd just be dumb. Because if you claimed it was this group, I would show the group. Like, no, these are our troops. And Saudi has not done that yet. So, uh, after years and years and years of really getting their ass kicked, man, the fucking the Houthi really seem to have... Uh, I don't know if it's new leadership or whatever the hell is going on, but they're really starting to be able to punch back against the Saudis in a way that's really elevating all of the tension in the entire Middle East. Well, Saudi Arabia definitely wants to claim the reason why they're able to pull these things off is because they're getting weapons from Iran. That's sort of the game that that they're playing, and that's sort of the game that the United States is playing, and we know that those um, alliances are very strong, especially when it comes to Iran. You see like a lot of things being spun here, and you were talking about the the attack that, man, they just released footage of that attack. (laughs) That thing was... (laughs) It was like just bombs <laughs> dropping out the sky. Man. They had like a, a huge table with all the um, shrapnel and all the, the rubble from there. And they were like, this is from Iran. <laughs> this is from Iran. And they just were saying it. And it's embarrassing every way you look at it, right? Because like the Saudis are buying so much technology from us. And the whole point 300 is. $300 billion, I believe. Yeah, it's like, why ain't your shit working? And I just think about like what it had to be like to be like one of those client states for the Russians. Back in the 60s, you'd buy all that shit, and then the American-aligned group would come in and just mollywop y'all ass, and you'd spend all your money on this shit, and this shit don't even work. Right. It's like basically a paperweight dealing with some of this shit. And it's just because, you know, a lot of the technology that we use are is not, is not like, think about the Saudi landscape mm. and think about the border that it shares with Yemen and Oman. Like it's a huge 
desert. The border is a huge desert. There right. is, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like the same type of tactics are just not going to work. Well, it's about weapons and tactics, right? It's like, it's not even, I think about, right, the way that we engage in war, it works because we are isolated. Exactly. We're so far away from the consequences. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's one. That's wonderful. I love being surrounded by two different oceans. But like if you're Saudi Arabia and you're trying these same things, bitch, we're a, we share a border, bro. We can see you, bro. So like that's exactly what's happening. And it's it's odd because it's not like the stuff doesn't work. It's just it's not going to work the way they're trying to use the shit. And if you know, so the Houthis, I mean, of course, are the organization that was created um, sort of out of this war that's happening that's been happening for the last couple of years between Saudi Arabia and Yemen. And Saudi Arabia is the weapons that they got and all those things that are the weapons that they're using. And like you said they they've been they're sort vastly of vastly superior weapons. There's already a, a blockade on Yemen. It's the biggest famine going on in the the world right now. It's a now. humanitarian crisis. Absolutely. <laughs> And I, I think what's sort of happening is is people are st- – I think human beings are so resilient mm. in the way that they um, they move through the world. And because people have been living – man, we were watching the Battle of Jerusalem. That's exactly bro. it. That's exactly what my thought was. I'm like <laughs> and people it, don't understand that desperate people are very creative. Right, the, and that's what it's become. They become desperate and they become used to sort of these conditions because of that resiliency. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I could definitely see, you know, how some – the Saudi troops, you know, probably living under, you know, vastly better conditions. Like, you just got some real killers who don't give a fuck Man. running up on you. No, facts. I, I sort of, that kind of brings us to uh, Mohammed bin Salman, who I feel like we've touched on a couple of times in some capacity. But, but people still don't really understand, right? And a yeah. lot of that is American context. A lot of that is, like, you never really imagine. American exceptionalism. Right. That's exactly it. So you're talking about a dude with, what is his net worth, bro? Like, this is a person who's easily one of the... 20 wealthiest people in the world. There's no way he's not. If if it's not, it's not declared. His real wealth is not declared, but he, as the de facto owner of all of the petro wealth of Saudi Arabia, he's the monarch. Or, well, what, he's the crown prince, right? Like, But essentially, prince. he's running the He's running the, the game shit. now, yes. And one day, he will be the king. Right. This <laughs> motherfucker's young Simba. Just can't right. wait. <laughs> 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 he is. He is. But the young lion does have paws, and he used them paws. Well, well, what this is sort of what I wanted to talk about before I get to what I'm def. Well, I definitely think is the crux of the situation. But you know what's interesting to me, like when you sort of unveil a new leader to the world, which is what I think Saudi Arabia did with Mohammed right. um, bin Salman, mm-hmm. was Saudi Arabia has always sort of been this country that is just incredibly right-wing Islamist sort of um, ideology, you know what I mean? That Wahhabism, that like... I mean, beheading is still on the books as a form of capital punishment, and it's executed. It happens. What else happens is, you know, the intense um, oppression of women there, and... Uh, no, Mohammed Ban Salman just decided that women can drive cars. Exactly. He's a progressive. What happens is, is you understand how to appeal to a no- neoliberal <laughs> ideology, and of course Saudis are like, oh yeah, the Americans will just have these feminist ideologies that we'll implement and we'll say, hey, look, women can drive now. And everyone will applaud us and think it's great because you always talk about, we're not interested in oppression removal. We're just interested in oppression minimization. Right, and Saddam is not a great man, right? Saddam Hussein, I think we can all agree, was not a goody, goody, goody kind of guy. And, like, Iraq under Saddam had more women doctors than any other nation in the Middle East. No one would go so far as to say Saddam Hussein was a progressive. In the nation that shares a border with them, literally women are just now being allowed to drive cars. I think that's sort of what America sold them. It was like, hey, like if you're going to be able to, like if we're going to have real close ties and you're going to be like one of our um, you know, biggest allies, like here's some things that you have to do to like allow sort of our culture to accept that. And in turn, what they got was, of course, the weapons. And they got the backing of the United States in government. De facto protection, yeah. Yeah, and what they got, and this is what America got, which is what I think I sort of forgot about was the petrodollar. They got to, well, no, they got to export American Western culture 
to Saudi Arabia. Sure, sure, and, sure, sure. You know, yeah. I mean, of course, and that. Um, but it is you do kind of see like, oh, people are talking about like, oh, like we never had movie theaters until until now, and they have like all the Marvel films on. Bro, fuck what are, you heard, bro. Fuck what you heard. It was not ICBMs that defeated the Soviet Union. It was Levi's and McDonald's. America also gets to sneak in like. Oh yeah, here's Western culture. Yeah. So now you're gonna be a part of what we do. Even bruh, even in the Black Panther, right? What are they joking about? Oh, I thought we would get a Starbucks. That would be the change. Yeah. That's that meta shit. You know what I mean? No it's dead like, ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you know, you know type shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so that's sort of uh, what's kind of happening right now in Saudi Arabia. But I wanted to do a little bit of a deeper dive. Just because um, we've been talking about whistleblowers, right. and of course that's in the news, and we're going to get to that. But um, Jamal Khashoggi, who was a, uh, I believe at one point was a part of like the royal court. No, right? absolutely. Yeah. He comes from a very wealthy family that got rich selling weapons, and he's a he was a um, journalist journalist for the Post. For the Washington Post, Washington a.k.a. Post. the Jeff Bezos Diaries. Right. And, um, so this was Jeff Bezos' man in the Middle East. Yeah, exactly. And um, he, um, what happened was he became um, very infamous because he was a dissident of the uh, Crown Prince's sort of regime. And he so, was talking about. Mm-hmm. So yep. he fled and came to America. Now, he wasn't a citizen, but he was a U.S. resident. resident. He uh, had published a couple of uh I would say I don't know about scathing articles, but they were they were enough. They were unflattered. Mohammed bin Salman and the current regime, not regime, but I guess the the monarchy that exists over there, the the royal family. He ended up was he in he was in Turkey. Yeah, well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was he went to Turkey, right? And he went to the uh, Arabian consulate because he was having a passport issue, and so this was some routine shit. Wink, wink. And he had to go and get his passport issue resolved. Wink, wink. Saudi consulate in Turkey. Yeah. And he walked in. With his girlfriend outside. He's like, oh, I'll be right back. He doesn't walk out. They tortured him literally to death. Not for information. Not for, like, tell us where to... Nah, because he had already said enough. It was literally just punishment. And then they dismembered him. They sent a body double out. (laughs) How wow. the, and the body double might have worked, but the problem was they tried to put his clothes back on, but the shoes wouldn't fit. So when they were looking at the footage, they were like, um, this person has different shoes that walked out. So this is clearly not Khashoggi. The thing about it is information that we're getting now on an international level is really pointing to the fact that Mohammed bin Salman was the hit. Yeah, and there's text messages between him and one of his advisors, who's like the social me- the media advisor. You know, he's like he's the Chamberlain, right? Uh, uh, for Muhammad Mohammed bin Salman. You know who his direct contact was with the U.S. Who that? It was Mr. Jared. Oh, for real, Kushner. Yeah, that oh. was the liaison. <laughs> I don't smoke drugs, Kushner. Yeah, um, super interesting, man. Mm-hmm. The end up anyway. Man, we're about to connect all these pieces. I'm so glad that y'all are with us and y'all are here because we're about to connect some pieces for y'all as much as we can. And now when you have a situation where a journalist uh, has been murdered, has been you essentially... Tortured to death. And the order was given basically by Mohammed bin Salman, which they are continuing to deny, which is basically impossible because there's already information uh, on there. But what's this is the interesting part to me, and this is where I think the pieces come together. The CIA believes pretty um, pretty certainly that Mohammed bin Salman was a part of the um, assassination of Khashoggi. But the Trump administration still denies that that is the case. But we know that that's the case because the CIA report was given to um, a reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal, you know. right? But you know, nevertheless, so now we're seeing the fact that these things happened. There, uh, <laughs> Saudi Arabia is denying it, and you know, because America has to have their back, they're denying it. Except their intelligence agency is saying that we believe that this happened. So it, you're just looking at this entire situation and going, "Wow, this is incredibly disjointed." Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a really big deal at first because even Sir Lindsey Graham was Lindsey like Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham was like, "We got to stop selling weapons to the Saudis. We got to stop selling weapons to the Saudi Arabians." And then Cheetah was like, "Oh, oh, you ready for me to drop them tapes I got to you?" 
Right, that was a big flex right there. And all these dudes, yo, all these dudes, everybody got a little dirt. That's why he was trying to get that. Man. Can we, let's, can we slide it on there? Man. That's why he was trying to get that dirt on jump off Joe Biden. Yep. Which now kind of got him looking like a with a little bit of egg on his face. Does it though? Because it's very. I mean, it was was it yesterday where he was in his conference? He's like, "Yo, China, he's absolutely crooked, and you should look into it." Yeah. And he did exactly with the Ukraine. What he did with y'all, you should look yeah. into him. Like when you, bro, that's like just drag your nuts on the field now. Yeah. This is the. This is why people really hate Trump, and it's kind of like why it's incredible to watch is. He doesn't care about keeping up appearances. Right. All of the Republicans are like, we don't know if this really happened. You guys are lies. It's political. And literally the next day, Trump goes in a fucking press conference and does in public what all these motherfuckers have been trying to give him all the wiggle room in the world, the, the, the benefit of the fucking doubt. Right. Like, these are just Democrat lies. And now you in there with egg in your face and shit. Mark Rubio, bitch ass, is all like, well, he's just joking. You you don't even have the out of being able to be like he's just joking he's just he joking <laughs> he's just, he's <laughs> just fun he's just playing for fun everybody funning with you <laughs> come on yo to believe that that's Jokes. what I'm saying like the it's such a dystopian world that we're living in this is absurd everything so what I'm saying is all okay Khashoggi's murder you now you're dealing with the whistleblower that um was in on the Ukraine conversation. Like all of these things are like aspects. Of Julian Assange, uh, alleged whistleblower. Yeah, I let okay. Whatever it is, it you, you do see like there are so many. Um, there are so many games being. It's the house of cards, man. man. And this is why MBS low key can't be un, under underestimated because his real life was house of cards. He's right. like the twenty second fucking son, and he's somehow rose to the rank of number one. Hey. This motherfucker was running game from the jump, bro. Yeah, and he's been like you said, man. I mean, these dudes are he's, like think about him like smart, little man. finger, bro. You yeah. gotta look at MBS like fucking little finger for real, bro. Yeah. That's facts, man. So, but uh, but just in terms of like, um, just the the impeachment process, like we're we're pretty much aware like how ridiculous the impeachment process is. But you know, there does look like there's some real information involved right now that could maybe get Donald Trump caught up. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, Donnie wasn't t- putting little bitty kids in concentration camps. Damn, Democrats are trash. No, that wasn't really impeachment worthy. No no no, 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 no. But looking up dirt, and and by the way, let's say, how has Biden not fallen on his sword for the squad? That's how you know the fix is in, and Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee because no other person can sit there. I mean, yeah, let's talk about it. We can hate Cheeto all day long, but it raises a valid question: Why would your son be getting fifty thousand dollars a month? In an energy company, he's not a fucking Texan. What's his connections to to energy? It literally, your connection is my daddy is the vice fucking president, and you better fucking do it. Like it, this, it's a fun moment because you get to point out like to Democrats how they feel about the Republicans is exactly how you guys do. It's like you are now aware that Joe Biden, who really should be a dead fish a dead fish but bro. but because you're so backwards in the way that you move through the world you believe that he's somehow your favorite and you believe that he's the candidate even though he really doesn't provide you you know saying any progressive ideology really at all and it's, it's more republican maybe than even hillary clinton he's literally the most conservative person running for office on the democrat ticket exactly and one of the most conservative people running period no but what i'm what, what i guess what i'm getting at is like there is no accountability there the only accountability comes from oh look at donald trump he was trying to get information which is absolutely true both things are true yo can we go all the way house of flags uh house of cards with this okay, shit go ahead house of cards so people, Americans, don't always think about the line of succession because, you know, it's just not a thing that happens, right? With Trump already implicating Pence, saying that he too took part of the, the calls, if you impeach Trump for it, you have to impeach Pence for it. Who's third? Who's third on the order of secession according to the United States Constitution? It is the Senate Majority Leader? Incorrect. Oh. Speaker of the house oh wow so now 
Impeachment becomes incredibly self-serving. Right, right. <laughs> the Crypt Keeper herself can rise to power. Oh, Look, wow. If she goes full balls with this shit, man. Bro, how many dreams has she had? Like, like just like awake, just just slightly asleep right before she wakes up, just going, I could be president of I this shit. I could be fucking president. Wow, that is self-serving. It's super self-serving. Nancy. And, like, she's super trash. But it's like... It's so funny because it's waited until this moment, right? The whole time she's like, oh, no, I'm not going to impeach you. I'm not going to impeach you. He had all of them lawyers ready to go after the Democrats took the House. You let this, let a year go by. He's let off all them fucking White House lawyers and shit, and now you hit him in the fucking jaw. Okay, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of ha-ha, look at this, ha-ha, look at that. But let's let's grind it down to the to the, to the real thing. Let's, let's, let's shine that diamond. Let's break it all the way all right. down. What's at the center here? Like, what is the possibility, really, that this will kind of manifest itself into a real-life impeachment? These things have a way of taking a life of their own, right? I feel like at the beginning it was just meant to be a symbolic scare. And this is evident by a lot of the mechanisms that, that Nancy has used, right? She's right now not talking about impeachment. A lot of people get this wrong. She's not. She's talking about an impeachment inquiry. Which is essentially like we're just going to investigate whether or not we should impeach you. But because the word impeachment, 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 impeachment is used, now it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like a Me Too type situation. Like literally everybody that's got a little bit of dirt on him is throwing it out there to hope that, well, if we're doing an impeachment inquiry, I know some shit and I know some shit and I know some shit. And sooner or later, whether you want to or not, you're not going to be able to pull that bullet back. You're going to have to do it. Like... Uh, or else you will risk completely de, uh, what is it? What do you uh, de uh, demoralizing uh, potential Democrat voters? Because look, Trump doesn't have a single more vote than he's ever going to get right now. Trump has all the votes he's ever going to get. The people that love Trump are in it for Trump, right? But the Democrats don't have all of the votes. They don't have all the votes they can get. There are things they can do where people that are not really excited or don't really have a lot of hope might come out to the polls and vote. But dropping the ball on impeachment, motherfuckers are literally going to be like, you know what? Fuck these people, man. Yeah. Not even, fuck them. They wouldn't even impeach them. They want them. So it's a dangerous game. So what do you, like if you had a little crystal ball, let's do an over-under. I would have said, uh, I... I, I would have said a week ago it was a 25% chance that this becomes a real impeachment process. At this point, I would upgrade it to 40%. You're 40% on it becoming a real impeachment. Mm-hmm. That's a big number to me. I'm I'm far lower. Okay. I would say 20%. Okay. I like, I like 20%. It's I, a game. The impeachment process makes no sense. It's a completely political game. Like... If you choose to impeach him and you go through an impeachment trial, I just don't think that there's votes there. I don't it think depends it's... on how you do the votes, you know, and that's the key. There's lots of different ways to take a vote in the Senate. There's the thing that people don't think about. Jeff Flake, who was a senator of Arizona who was out because he hates Trump, said if the Senate held a vote and it was private vote, the they would uh, the Democrats would have 35 35 Republican voters from the Senate vote to impeach Trump so long as they don't have to put their name to the shit. Because, again, man, Lindsey don't want that tape out there, man. And Lindsey knows Trump got all the tapes. Lindsey Graham. You, oh, so they can do a private vote? <laughs> Guess who controls how the voting mechanism happens in the Senate? <laughs> it's all a game, bro. It's all a game. It is this, this the fucking Senate majority leader. And I good and goddamn guarantee you... There is no They're way going. Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's gonna make every motherfucker show yeah. their fucking hands. <laughs> but theoretically, there is a mechanism where you could vote privately. There's lots of ways to do it. It's All right. just you know, okay. <laughs> the DM is Can not. I lower it down to fifteen percent now. <laughs> there we go. Five. I mean, I don't know here. I, I, people have a lot of. Um, People have a lot of uh, energy backing it, you know. Right. So I mean, I don't think like, you're right. It takes a life of its own. But I'm, I'm unmoved. I'm unmoved. Can we move on? Let's move on. All right. Seventieth uh, year. 
uh, for um, China's. Uh, Hell yes. What would the anniversary? What would you call that anniversary? Like, it what is would the you... rep- it's the 70th anniversary of the People's Republic of China mm-hmm. taking control of the mainland when Mao, the communist, kicked out the West's famous dope lord, uh, General Chiang Kai-shek, also known as Cash My Check. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he lost? He lost control of the mainland and went to Taiwan. Right, so all of the the Chinese people that were with the dope lords uh, and the aristocracy uh, went to Taiwan, and all of the common people stayed in the mainland. It's the seventieth anniversary of the communist defeating the <laughs> the the capitalist, essentially, the the colonized chosen ones. So, um, so yeah, happy anniversary! Happy um, anniversary! I would, did I did I read something that Donny J had said? He also congratulated. said congratulations. Congratulations! Right? Because he had a favor to ask. <laughs> Man, it's not a so quid ha- pro quo. 70. You don't even look. You it's look 30. It's a favor. I don't even hey. know what a quid pro quo is. What is that? Yeah. I just wanted to ask him a kind favor. It was a perfect favor. What's the What's the leader in China's? Um, My Dong? What is what is? Do you remember Mao Zedong? Is it Mao Zedong? Mao's yeah. been dead for a long time. No, 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 no. The current leader right now. Uh, I want to say way. Oh, fuck! Don't do it. I can't. I have to look him up. All right. Okay. That's what's up. Uh, the the secretary, uh, the general secretary of the Communist Party of China. His name is uh, Xi. Xi Jinping. Oh, mm-hmm. Xi Jinping. Right. Yeah. Yeah, dang, that That's was right, it. man. Yeah. Xi Jinping. Thank you for for looking that up. Yeah, very are. diligent. It's so funny that uh, he literally did both of those things publicly. He was like, "I think China should look him up. I don't know, you know, China, China." And then, he, and then he was like, "Hey, just want to let you know, China, just uh, appreciate your seventies, man. You you barely look, uh, you barely look forty. Uh, and, I did uh, have one more uh, ironic thing about the whole investigation. Since we're on that, um, guess who else has a kid? Guess who else has a kid? Who else? Uh, well, no, a kid that has big ties to Ukrainian oil and energy. Who does? The Speaker of the House. What? All of these, all these motherfuckers are in it together, man. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's the Skeksis, man. Yes. They're all fighting each other, and but when it comes to the end of the day, they're all draining Gelflings. It doesn't matter. It, the ruling class. Ta-da, right in your face, team. All right, can we, um... Can we? I have another. I have a couple more stories. I know this is such a long Enter the Matrix. There's just so much bullshit going on in the world right now. Um, but I do have a little bit of positive news, especially if you're a fan of um, college sports and, uh, you know, just uh, people getting paid for things that they do. If you're interested in that, you're going to like the story. But in California, they have just signed a bill that would allow college athletes to get paid. From endorsements and, you know, the use of their likeness uh, starting in 2023. And the NCAA has sort of been like, you know, if you sign this bill in a legislation, you're going to straight up kill college sports. And uh, I just was really excited to hear this news. I'm very excited for um, young college athletes, people who are out there making money for universities are going to be able to, you know, in this capitalist world are going to be able to. Um, you know, feed feed themselves and feed their families and, and move forward and uh, be able to uh, you know re- you know recoup and reap those uh, benefits that they bring to the university. So I was excited to hear that news, and uh, you know I'm excited to see how this changes the game. And also, it looks like in New York State they are also going to be um, down to uh, to create this law, man. So uh, any thoughts about uh, young college athletes being able to get endorsements in 2023? Get paid, young nigga, get paid. Hey, gang, gang. Tim Tebow opened his fucking mouth. About what? About this? About this, because he... Did he say, I'm excited about young college athletes getting paid? Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. This motherfucker was like, I don't think it's right that people in college should get paid. And I'm like, you know what? That's great. We should all play for free. That was a good Tim Tebow The coach should play for free. The coach shouldn't be getting $7 million a year. I mean, you got university coaches making more money than NFL coaches. How can that be? 
Yeah, but the players shouldn't get paid. The players shouldn't get paid nothing. That would that would that would hurt the sanctity of marriage. I mean, college sports. God I mean, forbid, young athletic Negroes that probably won't even ever make it to the pros be compensated for their sacrifice of their body, literal bodies. Yeah, and uh, they signed it. This is so funny, man. You know the the governor of California signed it on LeBron James HBO show. Uh, you know, it was quite the it was quite the spectacle, man. That's what's up. Uh, the the secretary, uh, the general secretary of the Communist Party of China, his name is uh, Xi, Xi Jinping. Oh, mm-hmm. Xi Jinping, right? Yeah. Dang, that That's was right, it. man. Yeah. Xi Jinping. Thank you for for looking that up. Man. Yeah, we Very are. diligent. Yeah. Very diligent. Um, what else we got? Oh man, Amber. She got Amber uh, She got a dime. She got ten years, man. Yo, within the last decade, there's a black man that has been sentenced to 45 years for shooting a police dog. A dog. A dog. Mm. Not a human being, but a dog. You got 45. 45. Wow. Hard. Yeah. Who will definitely be in Gen Pop, unlike Amber Geiger. So, I f- we did. I feel like we talked about this story. What's the over-under on how many, how many years she'll serve? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say seven. Seven. That was what I was thinking. I'm gonna seven. think seven because it's Texas. Yeah, Texas. You know, we're felon man. You know, Texas is notorious for how they treat their uh, their criminals right. and their crime system. Um, but yeah, uh, she's gonna come out to book deals, bro. She's gonna get yeah. a fucking show on yeah, Lifetime. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's gonna come out. Right. I'm surprised there's not already a GoFundMe there, account for I her right now. There probably is. Guarantee there Can you is. give a little, just a little bit of context? We talked about this maybe like a few podcasts ago, right. but so, a little context. Some things that came out in the actual trial. Uh, so Amber Geiger was a Dallas Police Department officer who had worked a 13 hour shift. And was on her way to her house, and she lived in a gated, uh, you know, like one of those kind of um, apartments where everybody drives in. There's the place where you put your car, you have your floor, and all of that, right? And she parked her car on the fourth floor. She lived on the third floor. She didn't recognize she was on the fourth floor because she was busy sexting her married uh, lover. Um, And she walked to uh, Botham Jean's apartment and somehow came into the apartment they say the door was cracked but it's hard to believe that's true because those doors are weighted and you normally have to use a fob right but it wouldn't shock me if law enforcement had a universal fob you know what i'm saying so i think far more likely she used her fob opened the door walked in and one thing that everybody agrees it is um both them jean was in the house there was supposedly the smell of weed but so fucking what Supposedly, supposedly, the smell, the smell. Of no weed. weed found. You know, so you're gonna t- do with that what you will. Why would you God, just even throw that in right. there? Such a muddy, right, right, right. That's right. such a tactic. For well, them. you just know, muddy the water. Weed gives Negroes superpowers. It's like mm. the super soldiers. Yeah. I heard it makes them look like, um, like superhuman beings. Super, yeah, like yeah. the like the Hulk. You know, yeah. like the more weed you smoke, the stronger you get. That's. The- that's the narrative kinda, I've heard. Yeah, I think it that's what her. happens. I saw a movie, Reefer Madness. You could fly out windows and shit. At any rate, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he was eating ice cream, I think in his drawers. In, you know what I'm saying? Bro. Watching TV. Just high, just eating some some ice cream in your drawers, watching TV. Someone I, comes into your fucking house, plugs you twice in the fucking chest, and then calls the people and says, literally, I'm going to lose my I job. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my job. And uh, so her trial just happened. She got 10 years. She cried on the stand, but she forgot for the tears. You know, tears are an important part. Mm. She did the ugly face on the Uh, stand. Yes. I I have to live with what? I have to live my life, okay, the rest of my life knowing that I took a life. And it's just so, it's so... I'm just so sad. Yeah, yeah. No, but no droplets though. No droplets. So, okay. You I, know, in Dune, what they call tears? What do they call them? Water for the dead. Ooh. So she didn't even have water for, for the, both them, Jean. Wow. Um. So I I don't know how much I want to dive into this. I'm gonna kind of we're gonna touch and go here, but um, the defend the uh, Botham's brother. 
came out and was like, you know, I forgive you. And hugged and her. And hugged her. But bigger than that to me, the bigger story to me is the bailiff was sort of stroking, stroking Amber Guy. Amber's, you know, kind of letting her know it's going to be okay. And the judge of the trial, after the trial, gave Amber Geiger a hug and then told her, turn your life over she gave her to her, the Lord. Her personal, she gave her her personal Bible that she had in, in her judge's chambers and told her to start here. Like, so there's so many violations that are happening. Okay, so there's a separation of church and state that's happening. It's an ethics violation because the judge should be impartial. I can good and goddamn guarantee you she's never hugged some poor black man that just got convicted of murder who's going to prison. For longer than 10 years. Definitely. I mean, come on, bro. Me and you came up around D-boys that have larger sentences than this. Let's be absolutely real. Yeah, man. If you was if you was caught with cocaine in the eighties or something like that, man, they, they gave them guys twenty years off top. She took a man's life. There was no threat. You know, he's threatening his arteries more than he's threatening her person. <laughs> Facts. You know? Just totally inappropriate. Like this is a person that that really caused a lot of harm, and it's like, why do we have these? We don't have these kumbaya moments nah. for for uh, black or brown, indigenous, you know, POCs Never. or you know, uh, uh, you know, trans women and all these different people, man, that are really under. Because let's be honest, man, most people commit crimes because of circumstance, because of poverty, because of aspects of their life that are uncontrollable. And this person completely committed a crime based off. I don't know if she was sorry, bro. Why did she? Why didn't she just? Look, bro, they gave her the kind of sentence I would expect if she copped the plea. Right. If you come in and say, you know what, I did a thing and I'm sorry and I, I'm just so sorry what I did. They gave her literally the kind of sentence you would get from a plea deal. But she pled not guilty. Lost the case. To plead not guilty to something like that. Says is... I'm not sorry. Damn. Says literally I'm not ever... sorry. Yo, even yeah. her dad, uh, like uh, Botham's dad was like, I just want to, you know, I hope that I'm strong enough. I'd like to be your friend someday. It was just a bad, bad day, bro. But when we talk about, again, like you said, the Skeksis, bro, this is literally Gelfling. The Gelfling that love the Skeksis that go So like, much. They'll hunt their own son. Yeah. You know, just, just to be a part of the glory. And watch Skeksis what happens, glory. bro. Follow this family over the next five to ten years. There's going to be opportunities to open up for them for choosing to be the good little Gelflings. You know what I'm saying? And to protect the system. There will be lots of opportunities that open up for them because there's always a place for you on white supremacy if you are the Negro that's willing to be the lots of black friend. I want to just appreciate y'all. You know, this is a lot of heavy stuff we dropping on you right now. Um, and it's all, you know, it's, it's just us trying to, um, um, you know, trying to let you know, like, what this is the world. You know, this is this is what it means to exit the matrix. All of these things are important you know, to like our understanding of how the, the world works and how we should move through the world. Um, so, yeah, I just want to appreciate y'all for, for going through like <laughs> that old situation. Bruh. I, I think it's time to move on, man. Imagination, let's, man. Yeah, let's do it. Let's move on. Make believing can be fun. It's just the thing to do. By imagination, just like the little kiddies do. Something that I picked up on in my world when did you really start falling into more of like a radical like viewpoint of the world like when did you sort of pull away from republicans and democrats and that sort of whole shebang man i was honestly i was such a reader as a kid you know so i'm reading people whose politics are so wildly divergent from the people that are being put in front of me you know what i'm saying um instead of you know the kind of people that are running for president. You know, I'm reading about Che. I'm reading about Marcus Garvey. I'm reading about Malcolm X. I'm reading about Mao Zedong, right? And so I'm already looking at the ways that... Because the problems that face societies, they're all the same problems everywhere, right? And so all that exists is how are people... What are the prob, What are the methods that they're using to solve the problems? And when I'm watching the methods that are being used by the politicians that are in front of me, I'm like, well, none of these methods are effective. Either they're not smart enough to realize that they're ineffective or they're in on the inefficiency. And so from early on, you know, I remember, man, I was uh, down south and they'd have debate clubs. You know, I wasn't Democrat or Republican, but they'd have to let me debate in debate class, you know, and I would just annihilate them. I didn't even know about other parties. You know what I'm saying? Like. 
You know, I'm definitely not in like ninth grade, like I'm a communist. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But it's that like that would add to your legend, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> in the ninth grade, motherfucker. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, real. Hey, Castro, man. Castro graduated from NYU, bruh. Stay woke. <laughs> so at a young age, you sort of understood that the world that we exist in was sort of absurdist, and that these people. We're not who they said that they were. Right. I I feel like when I came into sort of this activist world and this movement, and I'm an inspiring activist, I don't put myself in that category, of course, but what I'm saying is a lot of things that we talked about when you kind of remove yourself from what's happening like in the status quo, envisioning a different world and what that world would look like. And we just got finished with the, you know, Into the Matrix segment which is all this kind of crazy dystopian mm. stuff going on, and it's important to acknowledge those things. But I think maybe we don't do enough of, let's envision the new world that we believe in and we love. Um, and what what is magical in the way that you know the world exists today. So what is one thing that happens sort of just naturally, you know, just it happens, but when you really think about it, you're like, oh, wow, that's incredibly magical. For me, I think about it's the it's the water life cycle. You know what I'm saying? It's the fact that water can be in so many places that is so vital to, like, the Earth experience. Like, you could be drinking water that started off in Antarctica. It Some of that Antarctic water could have fallen off the glacier, right? Been moved around the seas and the seawater uh, to wherever it went from there to the point where that water gets absorbed and becomes a cloud and is flying all around the world as a mist of water until it rains down where you are into the plant that you're eating or into some other way that you captured the stream that you're getting the water from. And now that water from Antarctica is inside of you. Like, that's something we take for granted, but it's really, truly amazing. It is amazing. And think about, too, like all the underwater reservoirs Mm -hmm. and things like that that have built up over millennia. Right. (laughs) I remember we used to talk about it as a kid, like, uh, what if you... Oh, what if you're drinking dinosaur pee, you know? You <laughs> definitely like, are. You definitely have probably drank. <laughs> di- the dinosaurs rule for like how many years? Like right. 200 million years? Yeah. Some capacity during those different Water areas. stays, water stays, water stays, water stays, water. Yeah, water is an incredible uh, molecule. Something that I think about, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it sort of similar there. Okay. You know, I am. Um, I am an inspiring gardener, and <clears throat> it's fun to watch a seed like when you eat a pineapple or when Mm -hmm. you eat a cucumber or when you eat a watermelon it came from a little seed when you see a tree came from a little seed and i i when you have those seeds and you buy those seeds and you germinate those seeds and you plant those seeds and you water those seeds and they start to grow it's kind of a magical thing yeah that's the that's the basis for Jack and the beanstalk yo (laughs) wait for that bean to grow i'm gonna go there and steal from giants hey hey you know i love stealing i'm gonna talk more (laughs) but i should talk more about stealing later but i i just think it's incredible man because i was me and my sister have gone like a little melon fast um you know because we both have sort of like an acid reflux kind of situation so we wanted to take more natural approach to healing that and we've been eating a lot of watermelon and i remember when you you know eat a watermelon i guess watermelons don't have seeds now but back in the day they that used to have seeds and evil that they do as a southerner hurts my soul but you know when you think of that little seed you basically put it in the ground and you put water on it and that seed will eat sunlight until it becomes a watermelon. And drink water from dirt, bro. Right. Straight up drink the water from dirt. Pour and pull <laughs> energy from the sun. Like plants are incredible. <laughs> are you kidding? Bro, I'm going to die really fast if all the water I get is the water I can dr- suck out the fucking dirt, bro. It's not going to work for and me. And they eat sunlight, bro. That's crazy to me. Yeah, man. I love this. We're being whimsical. No, no, because you know what? I think about this too, right? It goes back to my, and I swear, y'all, I really don't hate vegans. I don't. I love them, right? But sometimes some arguments, you know, when they're like cruelty-free is the one that pisses me off the most, right? Because it assumes that all animals have some type of sentience, but no plants do, right? And we think about the fact that there are trees that are 10,000 years old. Yeah, and trees and trees talk to each other. We and know that's scientific. Talk. But and no we, one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and we like, also know that, like, like I know as a gardener, like, talking to your plants is will allow them to grow better. You know, so, like, how do we know what is consciousness and what is not? But we must consume. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? We must consume or we wither. Anyway. Keeping on this imagination uh, context, I was just thinking about like, you know, we, I think we are kind of futurists, both of us, in our own kind of unique ways. Right, like, right, what right. will the future look like in you know, Europe? Uh, if we were kind of able to exist in a space where, you know, these, you know, really intelligent human beings mm-hmm. that have come together to create great technology along with, you know, uh, activists created something beautiful. And now 30 years from now, we get to look back and go, oh, wow, remember when we didn't have so-and-so, right. this incredible thing that we had in the future that we envisioned that made it uh, much better to, to live in this uh, 2050s than it was way back in the 2000, you know, teens. Mm-hmm. Like, envision something for me that attests to that. Like, what is something cool that could happen in the future? Okay, so I'll give you, this is something I was thinking about, right? When we think about how to make the world a better place, it doesn't take a lot of things. Often, it only takes one or two things. You just reimagine and reallocate the, the resources that already exist. What I'm saying is, we don't have to make something new. We just have to use the things that we have in new ways. Take, for example, transportation, right? If there was a set amount of money that was guaranteed to go to the transportation industry, right, and it was nationalized, that is to say the government assured them this much money would be spent on trans- transportation, whatever the number is. Say, let's give, let's give them Dodd, right? So now they're getting $500 billion a year. But in exchange... The transportation industry would be obligated to make cars that are just parked throughout cities and to make scooters that are parked throughout cities and make bikes that are parked throughout cities. And so you could use as a citizen who paid your taxes, you could use any of those things that were relevant to you. Like if you needed to go and use a bike, like how they have the Uber bikes, right? Like how they have the Lyft shares, like how they have all of those things, how they have the smart cars. Except this is just part of being a citizen, right? I need to go to Baltimore. Okay, well, then there's the train, and the trains automatically run at this time. As a citizen, I just go and get on a train, right? And this is no longer something I have to pay for. That in and of itself could radically reimagine how people see this country. You would travel more. You would take jobs in different places than than you normally would. People would drive less cars. Right. I've, I always have, man, you make, you, that's a great point. You know, it's a I had, very small thing. You don't have to create some new technology. And it does so much for the citizens of your community just to like, because yeah, at the end of the day, the bus is $2 and $2 is not that much. But for some people, $2 is hard to scrape up sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people getting on a bus sometimes is like beef between the driver and the, and the passenger because mm-hmm. the passenger can't pay. And it's like, you know, people have to jump the gate and there's just so many mm-hmm. like, you know, think about how much money you spent on keeping people from doing that. Right. You know, it's like almost not worth the fair that you end up getting that's a great point man i I really agree with that maybe it's a mile away and i don't want to walk or i don't want to jog so now i just get on a a powered scooter you know maybe it's about three miles now i can get on an electric scooter and we're seeing these things happen from a commercial point of view but they're all a million different companies that you got to have a contract with if as a taxpayer like all of this was just the government assures this industry there will be this much money and y'all split it up amongst yourselves but create these things. Yeah, and it's not accessible to use really because I think about, you know, we live I'm out here on 8th Street. Hmm. Like, you know, 8th Street it really should have a bike lane or something. Like it really because a lot of people are riding bikes up in there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people use those scooters up there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't go on H. I can't even, I have to go all on the side streets and do all these different things because I'll get hit by a car. People aren't trying to see those people in scooters and bikes. You, you, you know, right. y'all, y'all drivers know. You know right now, as soon mm-hmm. as I said it. You you know you drive around and go, all oh, these people with bikes, all these people. Yeah, we're not trying to be in Yahweh either, man, but but we ain't really got nowhere else to go. So right, just making those was- cities accessible to use those things right. would be incredible. Because now the bike, like if the bikes are on the sidewalks, now they're that for the people that are walking or jogging, right? You're that much closer to hitting someone that doesn't have a vehicle. And so it's like you have to defer on the road and make way for the person on a bike. And you wouldn't think that that would be like a controversial thing. But we're also wrapped up in our, our own personal perspective. I got to get there right now. This person in a way. All of that goes away now. You just take whatever you need to get to where you're going. 
Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. I totally agree. Man, you were you were mentioning so many good good things, man. I think I forgot what I was going to use. Oh, no, bow. I got it. Bang, bang, bang. Um, so if you know, there is the uh, James Webb Telescope is coming out in a few years. The James Webb Telescope is a brand new telescope that's going to sort of not replace Hubble, but do some... Basically, it's super Hubble telescope. It's mm. like 50 times more powerful than the Hubble telescope. And the Hubble telescope is one of the uh, most important things sort of, you know, ever built mm. by, you know what I'm saying, the international community to like view into the stars. And this new international uh, telescope is about to, it's basically was supposed to go up a few years ago, but it's just so com- incredibly huge. And it's like, you know, mirrors are very difficult to to maneuver. If you've ever moved a house, you know, mirrors are difficult. So these huge mirrors are going, and they're finally about to release it. Just to think about having a telescope that's 50 times powerful than our most powerful telescope right now when viewing certain aspects of the universe, the discoveries made from having that telescope are going to be quick, and they're going to be continuous. Mm. Just knowing how much technology we have gotten based off our desire to view the stars or, you know, exit sort of our own atmosphere and stratosphere and and all those things, the amount of technology that's going to come from this James Webb telescope just peering out into the world and seeing how physics work, I think there's going to be some incredible discoveries. And one of the big discoveries that they're they're kind of finding now is a material that allows things like solar panels to be much more efficient. Because the problem with solar panels is the heat that's transferred uh, when you from the solar panel to where the electricity is going, there's a lot of energy that's lost, which is not a big deal if the energy is coming directly on your rooftop. You know, if I have if I have a solar panel on my rooftop, I'm not going to lose a lot of that energy. But the problem with that is I don't get a lot of sunlight here over on the East Coast. Now, if I were to live in New Mexico or Nevada, I would have a tremendous amount of sun. So it makes more sense to put more solar panels in places like Nevada, in places like Arizona, in places like New Mexico, because the sunlight is just so much more intense. But the problem is you're losing so much energy when you wire it around different places. But because this new science is available that it allows much less energy to be released from solar panels, you're going to have a situation where solar panels are going to be so much vastly cheaper than every other aspect of energy that it's going to really, really have to percolate throughout the world. And when you have that, you're going to have basically free, clean energy for a huge amount of the population and, you know, that's just going to radically change the way that we move through the world. Oh, yeah. But that could happen right now, right? When we're talking about people like Jeff Bezos who have just ungodly amounts of money, think about what he could do for bioinfrastructure if he was to choose to finance to create a solar voltaic array in the Sahara Desert and where he gives – 80% of that power to the to the nations, and then he keeps 20% of the assets to himself, right? Even that, where it would be something where he'd make such an incredible amount of money, the ratio would be wrong. And so that kind of stuff never happens, right? Because that's something you could do immediate. That's nothing but sun in the Sahara Desert. Like, that's a place where there should be a solar array. That should be the number one, the number one, goal for those governments in place but that technology is made to be so expensive that those nations that are developing their infrastructure they can't go there they would no, become it's really true right we're being they, held back by the matrix by so much they would literally be able to sell the excess energy that they're able to make from there that they would become a new threat to the pet- petroleum uh cartels yeah, which is another which is the reason why the transportation, not like gasoline mm-hmm. for vehicles, is we're still vastly away, far away right. from existing in a world where we don't need gasoline. Right. For those things. Right. Now, now, solar panels, that can power your house, but solar panels can't really power your car. You know, power the battery that, that powers right. the car, you know what I mean? But once again, you're going to have to be using tremendous amounts of energy. And those cars that have those electric batteries, 
and they have those rare earth minerals in right. there, those things are toxic. You're, and you're digging up mountains to get them. I mean, that's why they're called rare earth minerals. So when you talk about electric cars, know that your the, carbon footprint is just in a different way it's exists. It's an eco footprint, and that's not what they're talking about. You know, I mean, it's a bad carbon footprint, too, if you're looking at the energy it takes to extract. Right. But the eco footprint. Eco footprint is incredibly high in an electric. No, I agree, man. I agree. Any, um... Any closing statements before we move on? Nah, man. It's, let's hit him with the real sauce, let's man. It's been sauce. a great week. It has. See for me, please. Oh, you mad because I'm styling on me. <laughs> Diabetic kid, quit styling on me. Bro, you know I'm happy, right? Why are you happy? I'm happy as fuck, bro. You know I'm happy. My motherfucking favorite rapper in the game dropped a fucking album and shit is like banging as of the... Of Bruh. course it was going to be, Ben. We've been waiting. Been if, waiting. If you know anything about this podcast, if you listen to this podcast, I believe one of these podcasts we had this person as the name, the title of the podcast, Young M.A. <laughs> dropped, a new, <laughs> dropped the much anticipated. Yeah, her story in the making. And it's got a couple joints on there that we, we've been heard, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But them joints still, it's and nice still to slap, see. Slap. It's nice to see all of those songs that we've been kind of catching here and there, like see where they're placed on a full-length album. There's like 18, 19 songs on there. Right. Her power is amazing, bruh, because I'll be talking to one of my homies, bruh, and, and they're like, I'm not gay, but I want to fuck it, man. And I'm like, yeah. of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. And you kind of, you get to sit there and you're like, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Because I really want to hang out with you, man. man. I would love to kick it with you, man. And man reminds me of so many motherfuckers I knew just in the hoods that I was, bruh. It was, you know, I, I, I was talking, I was talking to my homie Rust, a girl, who was like foundational to fucking Little Rock poetry back in the day, man. And like, that's her fucking steez, bruh. Like literally, and it was it's great to see that kind of representation because motherfucking M.A. is not new. M.A. has been there. You know what I'm saying? And, and you're talking about, it, like motherfuckers really don't want to see that is everything that the patriarchy really hate. Yeah, and uh, you know, I know people are you know always talk about things like representation, and you know, Young and May does so much to to that effect. You know, and 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 there's so many aspects of of her that challenge the status quo. But at the end of the day, bars she can rap. Bars. I like Young. listening. To her rap. <laughs> you know what I mean? I resonate. So much swag, so much charisma. It's hood story. Yeah, it is. And that's one of the th- the missing pieces that I think to this whole conversation about Young M.A. is at the end of the day, she just can rap. And she's Bruh. really talented. And not just that. She can write songs. She's She puts you in a mood. And you want her to win, bro. You want her to win, and she puts and she gives you moods. She understands music, and even when I played music for anybody, it's sort of undeniable. I think we wanted to talk maybe about a couple lines we like top yeah, five, yeah. top five it's young very MA line, very lines, difficult lines, lines. All right, what you got? All right, I'm gonna start with my fifth one. You gotta be careful who you playing with. Everybody ain't playing. Yeah, baby, now we're rolling. Woo! Ooh. Motherfucker, please understand hood shit. Motherfuckers think words be the worst it can get. Right. Like, and you're really, in this day and age, especially on the internet, man, all the e-thugs niggas got shit to say, real snide in the comments. But be careful, man, because you really don't know, man. You really don't know. And it's some cats that'll take shit personal. It's cat, man, we come from the, the whole fucking show up culture. Like, say this shit now. Mm. Say this shit now. Man, let's see what I got here. Uh, I, I didn't rank them. That's cool that I didn't okay, rank okay. them. Okay, okay. I'm just going to put it in any particular order. Um, uh, I have everything I need, and I still need shit. Woo! Man, what a <laughs> line, bruh. <laughs> yeah, bruh. Like, that's just the whole... I mean, honestly, man, when I look at that shit, it's just like... <laughs> it's really a conversation on capitalism, man. That's, what, that's how I take it, you know? It's like, it's like consumerism, like... I'm st- like it's in the acknowledgement of consumerism, whether it's conscious or subconscious, it exists right in that line. Uh, number three, man, they tried to hold me back, but they can hold the stick. Now we're rolling. <laughs> Woo! Common cucumber. Like you talking about shit that speaks to me on my motherfucking intrinsic soul on a level, visceral bruh. level. 
Like, being a radical, smart black dude, bro, every place I ever was, man, there's only so fucking well they ever wanted me to see, and I always just continued to fucking shine and floss on their ass, in spite all the fucking hate, bro. Mm-hmm. They tried to hold me back, bro, mm-hmm. but they can hold this dick. No, I, 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 uh, I much love to that, <laughs> much love to that one. Mixtapes out the Chevy Cruze, my grind wouldn't let me lose. Bird from the window! <laughs> and, uh, M.A. does talk a lot about whipping in the foreigns, you know what I'm saying? She right. always saw my son foreign, that might be some New York shit. I like, that's just how, you know what I'm saying, that's the floss right there, that's the sauce on them. But, you know, just kind of having, and this is something we have now, uh, maybe we have talked about before, like, rappers not necessarily wanting to, it's not even admitting to the L, but... Just when you ain't really have it, and then paint a picture for me. Don't just say you ain't have it. it we was grinding. Like, I can picture that now. I, I know what it meant when I used to have the Audi A4. You know what I'm saying? But it was broke down as hell. And I had all my mixtapes in a joint. And I used to step out into the venue all the time, rap, and hope I could sell some mixtapes for five bucks in there. You used to sell your your, your CDs out the truck. Yep. That was the whole move. That was she the whole grind. the whole fucking country doing that shit, bro. Yeah. And, Especially uh, as a spoken word. Southern poet. You already know. CDs. Man, Southern culture taught me how to make print some CDs. And go ahead and get, yeah, oh, this is how you it. make them right here. Yep. They cost about $2 a piece. You're yep. going to sell them for... 10, 15, and you're gonna come out the venue. You got paid 100 bucks for the performance, and you got 200 from the merch off CDs. And now people gonna play it. Most people are not gonna play it, but a quarter of those people are gonna play those CDs. Man, same shit, man. That had me at three, bro. It's like, uh, ain't no use in lying, Craig. Sweet yellow onion. Like, there, man. Like, it's so many motherfucking <laughs> rappers out there trying to floss, like, bro. Like, I was always rich. It's a goddamn lie, bro. You can't let me believe you from the hood, but also you was always on. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, when you from the right. hood, like, you know what I'm saying? Look, I wasn't on, bro. Shit was not good for me. I remember, man, we was three, four motherfuckers living up in a fucking double wide in one part of Arkansas, bro. This was my nigga Rob, who was like in prison for life. Fucking Amber Geiger. Bring it right back to that. He was in one shooting, one shooting where the dude had a gun, he had a gun. He's in prison for life. So that's that, right? My homeboy Taz, who is passed, right? All of my niggas is dead or gone. But yeah, and like, and then my homeboy Stoyan, who was a fucking Serbian national, bro, <laughs> like just wild ass fucking life, bro. And we was all in there, not just for fucking fraternal brotherhood, bro. We was in there because we was all fucking broke, trying to fucking, you know what I'm saying, rub pennies together and make something to eat, bro. Yeah, like, and yeah, it's it. It just speaks to like the culture of like. You always know somebody who's going through some legal issues, bro. You always know someone who's dealing with the public defender. You're trying to figure out when the court date's going to be, if you can get, if this person's going to post bail, if this, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to get a continuance or you're going to have the trial today, it's, there's, it happens and it's just a malaise over top of your life. Like, and it's just like important when someone, when someone kind of delivers that message to you, you know, and it's a, if you know, you know, situation, you really resonate with that because there's finding hope in a painful place, man. And that's just uh, something that she does really well. That's what I got right here. Um, said I would get rich and I made it happen too. take a picture with your chick and tag her too. petty. Yeah. Barely hope I got plenty of dreams turtle to a rabbit. Even when I walk, I'm still in the lead. Meat prepared sous vide. Boy. And that's when, you know, when you, look, it ain't, listen, it ain't just sauce. (laughs) It ain't just drip. There's real life, high quality, intense, academic bars that can fuck with any of your favorite quote unquote mathematical style rappers. You know, she got that. She got that too. Let's do Let's do one more. I'm a dyke and she's a femme. It's a synonym. Sweet yellow onion. Organic. (laughs) Die because it goes back to all of the wordplay and all the the swag, man. It's like like when she's like, a pretty motherfucker put me on the cover of Vogue. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's the opposite of the Biggie effect because she's street, but at the same time, she pretty. She knows she pretty, but she thuggish and shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And just like. It's an understanding of self. Man. On an, on an intense level. It's so much in that comment where she's talking about, like, bruh, she's showing you, again, she's sourcing on you with the line. She's throwing identity out there. At the same time, it's fucking lyrical as fuck. All of her lines, they do the work that we do in fucking poetry. Facts. And it's my, it's my one, my last one right. right here, man. 
Don't take Molly's, don't take Zanny's, but there's weed inside the pantry. It's amazing. Oh. <laughs> you know yes, what I mean? Yes. Hey, bro, let me tell you, dog. When you go to the when you go to the real plugs crib, when you go to the plugs crib and you open up the pantry, you know that's where they got the whole bag. It should look like a comforter in there, bro. <laughs> And just thinking about that aspect and thinking about, you know, if you're a drug entrepreneur, you know what's up. You know where you got to keep the drugs sometimes. And just thinking about that, like, you know, like, yeah, we don't fuck with that. But if you're trying to get high, we could work with you, you know. And I, and I rock with that and I resonate. So All if right. you ain't fucked with it, I highly uh, recommend. Yes. Her story in the making. Young and May. You need to rock with that. And look, if you don't have, if you don't pay for a streaming service, I highly suggest you just throw it up on YouTube. Because Man. guess what? It's not uh, they unlicensed. They're trying to get it out there. Right. It's not unlicensed where or you go, oh, you, oh, Drake released an album. Guess what? If you don't pay for a streaming service, you're not going to hear it, you know, unless you have ads or whatever. But uh, the YouTube um, link is really dope, and there's some, some dope visuals, too. Um, bam. So, with that being said, would we have anything else? That's it, man. We gave oh, y'all a lot. Man, we, we wanted to leave it. Everything. Hey, we let him have a sauce, though. We did. We did. We got a special... Um, we got a special little surprise for you here, Dan. Uh, anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Fuck Amber Geiger. Fuck huggers. I don't forgive. Should some untimely terrible thing happen to me, my niggas better not forgive. Factual, actual, do seckies. Amber song with Young and May. Queen shit. I carry dick on my hips and I'm quick with the clips. Whoop. 13 hours a day, I'm about my business. G shit, I got everything I need, but I still need shit. Please, come over. She still with you? I don't see shit. Do you want to touch? Call the popo, ho. Call the popo. Every problem needs a naming. Make me miss homicide outside, shape me. Legal kick, though, miss. Break scenes like bad black body. Up in my space, whoop. Get out my way, whoop, I keep a gun, whoop, I shoot for fun, whoop, show me your hands, whoop. Ask about me, Miss DPD, scion of Miss Lots of Black Friends and Mrs. Not a Racist, call the popo ho, call the popo, queen shit, call me collector of hugs or shedder of souls and no tears or madam hide motive in black skin, don't you try me, I do what you can't do. I can walk out the back. Whoop. I can shoot and not save you. Call the popo ho. Call the popo. <laughs> <laughs>